From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meets to take notes, file reports, and generally try to make recommendations as we survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes in the back room, as we sleep on beds of dot matrix printer paper. Maybe one day we'll escape from this sub-sub-sub-basement, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. What? Hey, how are you doing? You, you'll have to speak up. Oh no, what's wrong now? I'm joking, I can hear you fine. I'm trying out new material. Oh. I'm the pretending to be slightly hard of hearing guy. Oh, dang. Yeah, it's a char- It's a bit. It's a whole character. Right. I'm developing a backstory. You're going to love it. I take it then that you didn't get in to the play where you were going to be deaf old man. You, you are You are absolutely correct, yes. Right. I mean, sorry, sorry. I mean, what? You'll have to speak up. <laughs> I'm, I'm blowing it already. I am so embarrassed. It's okay. You're new to this. It's true. It's true. And now we know why you didn't get into the play. I, I know. I, I I need to try more method acting, I think. Yeah. All right. But I promise to put my my character slightly hard of hearing old man okay. on hold for the moment. So, okay. Good. And I'll, I'll tell you his backstory later. Okay. Should yeah. we do attendance then? We'll do attendance. Uh okay. yes. I I am disappointed to report that I uh I just have attendance. I have uh I did not accidentally mix up any letters in any in our names this is good you're improving the, yeah but unfortunately i didn't write down our names at all and no. so i am i confess i am at a disadvantage um i know i've seen you before uh around the office yeah but your name is escaping me that's okay oh, my name is paul paul Deshane. it's on oh, my okay. name tag on the little plaque on my desk and it's on the card that you gave me for my birthday last week. Right, right. Sorry, you know, I'm the slightly hard of hearing old man. He also right. never learned to read. So tragically, oh. I was I was deliberately not reading anything Sad for story. several months. And it and it kinda yeah, and it kinda it kinda stuck. So yeah, I'm having trouble getting back into the swing of things with the printed word. That's okay. Okay. That's okay. You do know your name though, or do you just go by your character name now? Yes. Oh. Yes. I am Horatio P. Fontley Roy. Yeah? He's slightly uh, Yeah, actually, I'll be honest. I just made that name up. I, my character only has one line in the whole play. Yeah. And he's just the slightly hard of hearing old man. So I invented that name for him. Right. Well, according to the program, which I have in my hands, uh, it says that he's played <laughs> wow. by Aiden Morgan. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Which I'd like that program, actually. Yeah. And it's yeah. amazing that they I'm in the program and yet just minutes ago we talked about how I didn't get in the play. That's they must have made a mistake of some kind. It's Regina Little Theater. It's true, yes. It's it's all it's all a great mistake. Yeah. Uh anyway, yeah. So you're here, I'm here. Do we have quorum? Nope. No quorum, sorry. But I do sense the presence of another, a guest in in the office with us. It's, it's true. We do. We have a guest. We have Vanessa Matthews from the University of Regina. She is a geography prof 
And I just double checked this. Not only is she an expert in urban spaces, she's an expert in beer and how they help urban spaces, which I would argue is lots. Beer I, would, does. I would agree. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. Vanessa. Hi. Thanks for coming out tonight. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate it. Um, thank, thank you for putting up with the nonsense at the start. Though. Very good of you. <laughs> it's not nonsense. It's very important. <laughs> it's how we know we're in order if everything goes. If we, if we get through all of that. Anyways, yeah, we wanted to talk to you because uh, this is the big week. This is the big week that the Catalyst Committee is holding its consultation, four sessions about uh, five projects. And um, yesterday was the first pair of sessions that were about the multi-purpose arena that, you know, rumors are it's going to be downtown. I was not able to make that session. And, uh, I, you know, I tried to watch it online, but uh, the the show cuts off, like the, the video cuts off after the presentations and you don't get to see the Q&A session. You were there for the whole thing. And as I understand it, you actually presented uh, at the session. So I was kind of hoping you could like fill us in a little bit on what you saw and what you think of this multi-purpose arena. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I was at the uh, the afternoon or kind of around lunchtime um, yeah. uh, session for it. Um, we heard the the presentation over um, the various places that the arena could go into, and mostly the the secret places that it could go into in the downtown. Um, and it's it's quite hard, you know, as a, a public to even decide how we feel about a project when we don't really understand where something is going. Um, it matters where things are going to be placed and and it matters, you know, for us to have that information as well, I think. Um, so there was a about a half hour presentation around the arena and the need to to rebuild and and all of those things. And and then there was a, a pretty robust question and answer period. I'm I'm similar to you. I love question and answer periods and I'm quite sad that these haven't become part of the official video that's being shared to the public. I think it's quite difficult for people to to make an 8-hour commitment in in one single week. And so having uh, the ability to feel like you're at least in that room, I think, gives us a lot of of information and and background about what's happening. So um the the question and answer or period was was filled with some really um passionate pleas from community members about the importance of of remembering our our commitments to the homeless population and our 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 commitment to housing first um principles uh people brought up um environmental sustainability and the need to to fulfill our commitment with with those aspects in mind. Um, there were a couple of people talking about pickleball. Pickleball is a new thing for me to be hearing about a lot, but um, there was some of that and and some discussion around parking in, in the downtown. Um, I, I talked about the, the need for us to remember just the size that we are in this city. Um, I don't think that we're a particularly large city. And so being able to afford so many new shiny things, I think is, is going to inevitably catch up to us. And so I, I wanted to point out the, the need to kind of remember our scale and the need to remember the commitments that we've made to homelessness and to sustainability. Um, and also to, to kind of 
think about all the promises that have been made in the policies and plans that we have kind of completed up to this point. So I, I wanted to remind people of Design Regina and the Regina Revitalization Initiative um, that that have a lot of promises in them um, and amazing things that were supposed to kind of come out of that. Uh, and I don't really know what's happened with any of those projects right now, only that we've become incredibly good in the city of making wonderful plans and policies and then laying them to rest and not really doing anything and then rebuilding a whole new set of them. And so I think that was was mostly what I was wanting to to kind of address in in my comments to to the committee was just the need to remember that people live in the city and that we will kind of bear the brunt of whatever um, whatever decisions are are being made. Um, I also brought up because they kept talking about connectivity and it's this buzzword it seems for for this committee and they only talk about connectivity between sites though between these mega projects that they're proposing. And, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to kind of remind people that oftentimes when we talk about connectivity in urban places, we're actually talking about the connection between a project and the neighboring uses. And so we, we're not getting any discussion at all around how these projects are going to fit into a neighborhood and how we might be able to, to work around them. And, and part of that, I think, is, is the fact that we're not being told officially where these locations actually are. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Did they did they give a better explanation about why they have to keep? So there's five locations that were considered for the downtown for the arena. Mm-hmm. Sorry, three of which were downtown, and they've said that they're keeping the three downtown locations confidential. Did they explain that? The the uh, impression that I got was that they were worried about speculation. They were worried about disclosing the locations and then developers trying to. Um, actually develop those sites, yeah. <laughs> um, which I, th- I think was the, the the impression I got, at least from, from those discussions. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And how about, how did they take you uh, raising things like the RRI and the downtown plan and the OCP? Because as we all know, if one thing we know about the city of Regina, it loves being reminded of all its past promises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can't get enough. There, there was really uh, no comments except that they were going to to record what I had said. So I think that that became a a common response: is we will take note of what you were saying and um, make sure that the committee hears what people's thoughts are. Uh, I think a lot of those ideas got grouped together. Um, and they, the phrase social platform came up. So when the pickleball person was talking, um, uh, one of the members of the committee said, you know, we will take your important points about pickleball back to the committee just in the same way that we will take the discussion around social platforms. Um, so it was kind of, you know, there's homelessness and there's sustainability and there's participation in planning. And there were all these really um interesting comments um, that that were being raised. Uh, I mean, Hawkins, Councillor Hawkins did return to them at the end of the meeting. And he said, you know, we've heard a lot about these, these, the importance it seems for the public for these different, uh, these different aspects. So um, I can only hope that, that somebody is listening and Mm -hmm. I don't have any clue at this point what this information is like how it's going to be used. And, and it, it, I get the impression that there's a lot of decisions that have been 
made up until this point. Uh, I'm filling out surveys on five projects and those projects are, are pretty well established projects. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's unclear to me how public feedback will actually be incorporated into this process. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I find it interesting that, uh, so much time was taken up with pickleball and parking because that's also become like a boat. I'd say a good 35 to 40% of what we do in the Queen City Improvement Bureau is deal with pickleball and parking. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of taken over the whole city. Yeah, I would definitely say this time pickleball was was probably two out of maybe eight to 10 comments. So, you know, I, I was, I was happy about the number of people that brought up some of the other really large social issues that are affecting our city and um, nothing against pickleball, but it's just, it's hard after you have a, a community member go up and name the people who have died, who are homeless since spring. And then that gets followed up eventually in the Q and a period by a discussion around a, a sport, right? And yeah. and I think that these are are really the things that that should be framing the consultations right now. If we, I mean, I, I would even not call them consultations. I think we should call them information sessions. But um, it's you know I don't think there's a lot of consulting work actually at play. But I think that that's the crux of of things for me is we've got people and we've got promises and we've got the need for you know, affordable housing and lead pipes kind came up today, I know. And, you know, there's there's lots of, of things that we need to do in order to make sure that people can survive. And then on the other side, we've got, you know, some some wonderful glossy projects and, and no offense to any of the individual projects. But it, I think when you have those two things at, at odds with one another, it, it becomes the, the principal thing that we should be talking about. Uh, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, uh, and we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and we're talking with geography professor Vanessa Matthews about the Catalyst Committee's consultation process and uh, the plans for a downtown arena. We know that uh, the the Arena Planning Strategy Committee, and it seems the Catalyst Committee as well, its successor committee, uh, is very intent on moving this arena into the downtown core somewhere. Uh, to a secret location. Um, just f- from your own research and just what you know about building uh, places, w- how do like do arenas have like we're being told that it's going to give us this property tax lift and it's going to like do all this great stuff for the vibrancy of Regina's downtown? Uh, do arenas live up to their building? Do they actually like billing? Sorry, do they actually uh, provide that kind of like vibrancy to a city that they're saying that it will? They sometimes can. um, But I think that it's very difficult to, to make sure that a space like that can be activated in the way that it would need to be in order to draw out the kind of vibrancy that is being discussed in, in, in that committee right now. So I think when you're, you're looking at adding an arena to a downtown that is so um, filled with parking right now, um, like, uh, uh, parking lots, I should say. Yeah. Um, then, you know, we're thinking about the, the neighboring uses of, of what an arena might bring. And I think it's going to be an incredible struggle to create any kind of, of 
connectivity or activation through that arena alone. And I, this, the question came up in, in the meeting yesterday and somebody said, you know, who are the private investors and, and why would they want to invest? And the response that, that was given, um, was basically that the idea here, and you've, you've kind of touched on it now was, you know, you'd, you'd invest with the arena. You'd be able to get that tax lift and then people would be so excited by it. They would just invest all around it. And I, I think that that's, that's really a, a bet that we would be making then that we are going to spend so much money on an arena with the hopes that maybe, you know, all this time has passed and no developers have been really biting to, to do all of these amazing things. Um, but all of a sudden they're going to want to, and I, I can't wrap my head around how that's going to happen either. Um, I think that, that, you know, we, we hear a lot about why development isn't happening in the downtown. And I, th I think we, we have some understanding that there's a, a lot of risk involved in it and, or the perception of risk, I should say, that it, it costs more than building on greenfield. There isn't any restrictions on greenfield sites right now. So we're, we're able to just keep building outward without that need for, for containment. Um, all of those things would be much better at, at trying to activate the types of, of um, private investment that's being talked about. And, and I would argue that like a, a city-backed grocery store, affordable housing, a whole bunch more people and activity happening there would be much better to actually spur further investment. So you, you, you kind of start with what you want and rather than like you build what you want, rather than expecting to build something that's off to the side of what we're actually looking for in the hopes that it's going to build what we want, right? Mm -hmm. It's me, you, you build the affordable housing, you build, you know, interesting mixed use developments, you, you incentivize all of that to happen in the downtown. And that's what brings the vibrancy, right? It's, it's people on the streets. It's different types of activities. It's activities happening in the morning and at night, and they're happening every day. And that's to me what activates space. Nice. Do you okay? So if you were mayor for a term, what would you do to fix the downtown? I would invest in human scale development. Yeah. Uh, I would work on um, increasing our public transit there. I would work on walkability. I would bring in fantastic bike lanes. I might like shut down traffic to certain parts um, to make it more walkable. Uh, I would make sure that there's a grocery store there. I would make sure that there's affordable housing there. Uh, I would kind of start with those things um, to, to create that effective human realm. And then I would try to encourage other things to come in by incentivizing, right? It's like, let's fix the infrastructure. If the infrastructure is the question, let's fix it so that we can have developers go in and, and not have to have that unknown about the costs of, of what might lie underneath the ground. Um, so I, I would focus it on that. And, and, you know, we have the, the walk to work plan is great. The, the neighborhood downtown plan is, it's a great plan. And so I would probably just try to start implementing the plans that, that we have already because they are, I'm echoing what is in many of these plans. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. I was kind of counting on you to say craft beer. <laughs> They will come after, though, right? That's right. You make Once we get all that, things. <laughs> I think, I, think uh, I, I, I hesitate to say it. Well, actually, I'm not hesitating to say it. But I, I almost wonder if in the city right now, aside from the, you know, the, the economic mills that grind away 
implementing anything that fixes problems on a human scale is an acknowledgement of the problem. And they just don't seem to want to do that. They're just, it's all, instead, they, they're all, they like these optimistic sort of big arena fixes, which will get people excited, almost as if they're saying, if you sink enough cost, then everybody will follow in after that sunk cost and just fill it up with more money. That's kind of my, that's my feeling. Yeah, yeah. What about the people who are at the consultation? Uh, did they, like, I'm, I fall into the uh, super amalgamated recreation projects uh, skeptic camp. Uh, how did the, uh, the, the people who were at this event seem to you? I mean, my, it's hard to know. It's hard to read an entire room, right? And I, I don't want to pretend that I know what everybody was thinking in that room. I don't think that there were many people that went up to the microphone that were really excited about that particular project. And, um, and you know, I, I, I think I got more of that tonight. I went to the aquatics one and um, the aquatics one, I think, had more excitement about what was coming on the horizon and, and the potential for that. Um, I think it's really hard when you when you show people things that are I mean I'll go back to this idea of when you show people things that are shiny and new it's like the the drawings are impressive and and these projects are impressive and you know if 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 you say to somebody like do you want a, a brand new um, car and and do you also want a brand new house and do you want to have six horses and do you want to have like the biggest birthday cake you can possibly imagine these things all sound wonderful and and it's really hard i think to understand like like what we have to do to pay for them and so it it feels like we're still in that moment of you know they they show us the the glossy pictures and and then they they'll tell us how much everything costs but because everything is separated across 4 days we, i still don't feel like we're getting these micro bites of like cost and micro bites of of what this is all going to look like um so I mean, my my read from it would be that I'm sure there were people that were quiet, that were there, that were excited about the potential for a new arena. I think there was general agreement that the downtown wasn't a, a great spot for it. Um, uh, there was a, a a man who spoke quite eloquently about how difficult it would be for for farmers to be maneuvering through the downtown and and for you know these uh, these um, performers who have all of their massive trucks that follow them everywhere uh, to be maneuvering through the downtown. And, and so that, that would have been my take on it was that people were, were not as impressed with the downtown locations. And, um, and then there was a lot of discussion around social issues. Yeah. 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 There uh, they put out the survey uh, online and uh, it was interesting to see how, the questions very much sort of followed along with what the arena planning strategy committee had come out with back. And I guess it was July as their recommendations to the city. And it was all sort of like, here's what we're thinking about doing. Do you, how much do you agree with this idea? And one of them that struck out uh, for me was stuck out for me, sorry, is the idea of they were like building the arena and the library together how do you feel about that? Uh, what did you make of that uh, that notion of doing the arena and the library as like a joint project? 
it was incredibly confusing when I got to that point of the survey, to be honest. And maybe this is part of the issue of, of presenting, you know, all of these projects on separate days um, and then talking about connectivity, but none of us know what this connectivity is supposed to be. Um, so maybe there's connections that they're seeing that I don't. Um, I'm, I'm quite concerned about uh, if, if those two things are linked, then it either means that the arena is going to go on a neighboring site to to where the library is right now, in which case we've got heritage buildings and we've got, you know, there's there's not a lot of heritage buildings left in the downtown and and any kind of proposal that sees the removal of any more buildings in the downtown to me is just, it's off the table. It has to be off the table um, immediately. And then the link that it just isn't there for me. And so, you know, I, I think about who uses the library and I think about the importance of that library for so many community members. The, the, they use it as a service and as a service to be able to go in when it's cold, a service to be able to bring your children to read. I mean, it's a well-used library and it's, it's a loved library. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I, this is not quite what you're asking, but I don't want the library to be rebuilt. And that's, that's a, you know, I, I just don't think it needs to happen. If we need to add more space, we can. Um, and I don't want the arena to be downtown because I don't think that the arena should be downtown. I think it, it doesn't set up nicely in our particular context with the surrounding uses. And, and I, I just don't see it as being something that's going to add vibrancy at all. I think it's just going to kill the downtown even more in terms of, of the way that we're wanting to, to move forward and, and to create um, something interesting and, and a place where people will want to, to live and work and play. It just doesn't seem to address that. Um, I think oftentimes these library rebuilds that are, are happening across the country as well are, are really, they're shifting the focus um, into something that looks very different than what a traditional library looked like. They often have cafes and they've got all these other amenities mm. that are part of them. And, and I really worry about how that is going to respond to the people that use it currently in the downtown. Um, I think that it, it will push out the population uh, that is currently using it almost in a, um, you know, I've heard scholars talk about this as like a gentrification of libraries. And I, I think that's part of, of what's happening in, in that as well. So um, I don't understand the connection between those two elements at all. Yeah. I think uh, gentrification was the exact phrase, you know, where that occurred to me as you were speaking. Uh, yeah, I, I, for one, I, I'm not thrilled at the notion of a library that essentially tries to attract sort of, you know, more upper class people at the expense of, of the people who need the, the services of a library the most. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for doing this. Um, that's it. Like, we're, I'm sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> but- <laughs> It it flies when you're talking catalyst committee stuff, um, but yeah, thanks a lot for uh, thanks a lot for coming in and talking to us about all of this stuff. And uh, I hope we can touch base when the consultation is done, and maybe when we have more of an idea of what direction is actually going. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Yeah, and thanks for having me. It's yeah, it's always good to to chat for sure. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Thank you. And then on that note, I guess we should go to the pre-recorded innovative revenue tools. Back from innovative revenue tools. Oh, oh, those revenue tools, they they blow my mind every time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Every time I say, 
It's not going to blow my mind this time. I'm, I'll be able to handle it. And then they do it again. Wow. Um, hey, so uh, before we carry on with the agenda, is there anything else going on? Well, if I'm not mistaken, if my sources are correct, uh, CJTR's 2022 Radiothon is now on, and it runs until Thursday, October 20th. So just Joel, actually the evening of this recording, uh, it is a week-long festival of special programming and a fundraiser for Regina Community Radio, and it's their 21st anniversary so CJTR is raising, wait for it, $21,000. So donate now, right now, because we're running out of time. A $100 donation gets you a fun t-shirt, silkscreen by Articulate Inc. Um, and every $25 donation will be entered into a draw for special prize packages. Uh, and that is, so you get products and services from uh, businesses like, are you ready for this list of businesses? I'm 100% ready. You should be ready. Bushwhacker Brew Pub, Saskatchewan Science Center. Oh, yeah. Victoria Square Mall. No. Yes. Traditions Handcraft Gallery over on 13th. Cathedral Pet Stop again on 13th. Vintage Vinyl on 11th. Regina Folk Festival, uh, which hovers above the city like a beautiful musical cloud and descends every so often to bless us with music. And uh, Rebellion Brewing. Wow. And more. So there you that's, go. That's a fantastic list. Oh, yeah. And uh, I guess, I mean, I guess Radiothon, if it's if it's over, um, I guess we can't say that uh, if you can go to Rebellion Brewing and a buck from every pint served will be donated to CGTR, but that might be over. Uh, but if you're listening now, there might still be time yeah. to hide yourself down to, to Rebellion Brewing on duty. And, but, yeah, and I think you uh, should just do it anyways. Like regardless of the time yeah. of year and what specials are going on, just go to Rebellion. It's it's what Dr. Matthews would want you to. That's a very good point. Exactly. And she's a doctor. So oh. consider this your prescription to go to Rebellion Brewing. If you've got a fever, the only cure is Rebellion Brewing. Uh, anyway, celebrate local voices and culture by streaming, tuning in, and pledging your support to 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. During the 2022 Radiothon. That's awesome. So I guess we didn't really do any like special programming, hey? I guess we didn't. Although, um, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty special. Oh, I think you're pretty special. Oh, thank you. You too. We're, we're special you. folk over here. Um, yeah, I know we don't have any, uh, you know, radioactive sharks like we've had in previous years or like in-depth scripts about the history of our show, but you just have to deal with what you get. You know, I have a vague memory didn't we do one of these, like, didn't we have Counselor Hawkins on for one radiothon? Yeah. And he was just kind of really confused by what was going on. Yeah, because we were kind of doing weird stuff, if I recall. But he was yeah. very, it was a good sport. Um, yeah, I think, I think if I recall correctly, we were doing a whole Prince of Darkness spoof. Oh, my, oh my God. Was that that night? That was that night. Oh, no. Lord. But he was, he was pretty, uh, he rolled with it, so so good for right. That's hilarious. Um, well, also we, I believe he was pushed through the veil uh, and uh, into the hell dimension, and his evil twin replaced him. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Huh. Which would explain why the progressive bent or the legacy mind bent that he was taking, because he's like, oh, as as Hawkins' evil twin, Rob Hawkins instead of Bob Hawkins. Uh, I better uh, I better get our legacy squared away. Oh, and here I thought he just was like spiting us after we put him through all that. 
No, no, he was uh, he was just getting more progressive and thinking of his legacy and his Dark Lord. Damn. So I guess you can blame us <laughs> yeah. for all the bad stuff that happens in the city. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Bob. Uh, you, as you, as you, as you lie in your hell dimension, listening, to, your punishment doesn't listen to our show on a constant. Well, whichever Hawkins I've been talking to, he's still very nice to have a conversation with. Oh, of course. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to be made out of antimatter. He doesn't seem to be made out of antimatter. That's a good point. Which I believe is green fluid leaking upward. If I recall from the movie. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyways, poor Bob. Poor Bob in his hell dimension. And uh, he's running the Catalyst Committee, hey? Is he now? Yeah, whichever Hawkins. He's, he's sort of the man, the front man right now mm. at these uh, Catalyst Committee meetings. Mm. And uh, wow. yeah. So I, I, I managed to get out and get to one of these meetings today too, hey? Oh, yep. Do tell. This, Do was, about, tell. this was about the Aquatic Center. So the Lawson Aquatic Center is uh, it's getting quite old. It was built in the 1970s. And uh, in 2019, there was the Recreation Master Plan, which, you know, the community came out and they said, here's what we think recreation-wise needs to be dealt with first. And the city said what they think needs to be dealt with first. And everybody agreed. The Lawson Aquatic Center needs to be fixed or upgraded or something needs to be dealt with it. So this is our... Tippy top number one recreation uh, um, like priority in the city of Regina. So we finally got to hear about what the plans were yesterday. Now, they did do a presentation about this at city council back in July, July 6th, I do believe this was. Um, an interesting thing has become revealed about this whole process of, you know, recreation master plan saying we need a new Lawson Center. And then this July 6th meeting where... Uh, city administration presented their plan and their recommendation is basically the lost and aquatic center. It's it's, we can't really extend its life much further with renovation. We recommend doing a rebuild, but ah. this report in July studiously does not make any mention of where this new lost and aquatic center should go. Everybody would assume that it's just going to continue to stay where it is, that they would build it around the field house and mm-hmm. replace the, the current Lawson Center with a new Lawson, but at the same place, because it's right in North Central. It's right across the street from the stadium. Uh, it's very close to Cathedral. It's, uh, it's a location that has been in for like decades. People love it there. And they know how to get there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and you know how you, you don't want to like confuse people by moving things around exactly. willy-nilly. Because so, yeah. my understanding is the only way to get to the Lawson Center is you, you go to like a, an undetermined location and they blindfold you and spin you around several times and then yeah. say, you're on your own now. Yep. People and you know, have to find your way there. But people know where the Lawson Center is. They always find their way. Well, it's that homing pigeon DNA that every Reginan has in their system that like exactly. it, it helps you find your way. Like it, it gives you the direction. Yeah. You use the magnetic field of the earth to find the Lawson center. I remember when I moved here, they said, take these supplements. And I said, what is it? And they said, Oh, vitamins, minerals. Little did I know is that it was homing pigeon DNA. Yeah. And that the only place that you could home to is the Lawson. Yeah. That was weird. That I didn't it's, quite understand that. It's very specific. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, Crackerjack reporting by Alexander Kwan at the CBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made, he did a 
freedom of information request, pulled a bunch of emails from the months of, I think it's like May through August uh, from within the recreation department at the city of Regina. The emails are profoundly interesting. In these emails, you find that there were actually three versions of the uh, aquatic center feasibility plan. And the very first one uh, just assumes that the new Lawson Aquatic Center that we build will be at the site of this, the old Lawson Aquatic Center. Right. The entire feasibility study is built around the notion that the Aquatic Center will be at that site and talks about, you know, how, you know, its legacy in that location. And then at some point over the next month, uh, the Arena Planning Strategy Committee starts to make their recommendations known within administration about what they want to do. And what they want to do is have the arena, sorry, they want to have the pool at the yards. And now all of a sudden, the people who've been within administration working on the feasibility study for the aquatic center have to change course. And they have to find some way to incorporate uh, the yards into their study, which they had not planned Mm. for, and they Uh had done no research. And there are briefing notes and Q&As that were prepared for when they were briefing uh, city council about what do we say uh, if we get asked why we didn't research the yards in the first place and what do we say about the yards. And ultimately what happens is, is in advance of this July 6th executive committee, when the council is going to be officially briefed in public about the aquatic center, they get direction from an unknown source saying, take out all mention of location from your report. And so their feasibility study which had talked about which had talked about the uh, the the place next to the field field house before no longer talked about anything. There's like one diagram left remaining uh, mm-hmm. from that first report that shows it in context with the loss, and and it's it's referred to as something I think called like a uh, an example fit diagram to like suggest how it could fit into this re- uh, orientation with the field house. So that's all very curious that the arena planning c- committee was driving the way that council was being briefed on the aquatic center. Hmm. Uh, and this is before this is because uh, July 6th, that's the meeting when the catalyst committee was struck in a walk-on motion. So up until this point, these things were like separate entities and yet somehow the arena planning strategy committee was able to sort of like drive the development of this uh, document. Well, Paul, I don't, I don't understand why you're mentioning the you know, loss in the aquatic center with the arena, because I, I, I can't see any connection between the two at all. I am baffled yeah. and I will continue I. to be baffled as am the I. foreseeable future. Um, yeah. And it does seem like at present, uh, in the survey that uh, they ran, they have, uh, you do have two options. You can like suggest your, uh, your degree of agreement with the notion of putting the Lawson Center in the yards. And you can talk about how much you agree with it staying where it is. Uh, we, uh, in our last meeting, instead of having a last meeting, we had an interview with that counselor, Bob Hawkins. Right. He mentions this. He mentions putting the pool in the yards, in that interview. And uh, in that, he mentioned, he suggests, wouldn't it be great uh, if the pool was on the yards because it would rejuvenate North Central? And I'm like, that's nowhere near North Central. 
I'm hearing people say things like, well, if you put, let me pull something in the air. If you put a swimming pool in the yards, which you're absolutely right, there's, there's a little bit of stuff going on. Um, if you put a swimming pool in the yards and you're going to find that um, there is going to be a rejuvenation of housing in North Central because it's the kind of facility that people want. And developers will come, they'll build houses. Then we'll get a, you know, it's a chicken and egg thing, but we'll get a grocery store. Uh, we'll create employment in the area. We'll young, young people will want to live in the area. <laughs> Fixing up the, the loss and where it is would re- might help would North, Central help North Central and would yeah. provide North Central with a fantastic aquatic facility. Putting it in the yards is just going to make it absolutely inaccessible to them. You know, I bet if we put it in Eastview, that would rejuvenate Albert Park completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if we put it in Lakeview, it would like totally rejuvenate the refinery. It would. Ah, uh, yeah. It's because we don't understand. It's because you and I maybe don't understand the ley lines that cut through this city, and right. the way that they they one like area nourishes another through these right. invisible ley lines. So the so the pool, the aquatic center, like in the yards, would sort of massage the the chakra uh, that would yes. connect to North Central, and yeah. everybody would like wake up like restful and relaxed. Yeah. And, uh, and that is the first start to having a good day. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. So go away, cat. Uh, <laughs> Leopard wants to sit in my lap. Um, it's been ignoring me all day, and now it wants to sit in my lap. The so the uh, the meeting talked about this. The Catalyst Committee consultation talked a little bit about this yard's location, and a lot of the delegation, not delegations, just the people who got up to speak during the Q and A were like, "We just want it where it is, man." Why are we talking about the yards? Um, Yeah. And we're talking about it now on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community uh, with the Queen City Improvement Bureau talking about the Catalyst Committee consultation, which is ongoing right now. Huzzah. Well, the, uh, one of the elements of this that it keeps getting like mentioned, but not explored is this notion of connectivity to downtown if we're going to put anything in the yards there's always been this talk about having a pedestrian bridge that connects the rail yards to downtown um the the arena planning committee when they contemplated the notion of putting the arena in the yards they said you know we could do this but holy crap it becomes really financially not very viable if we put the arena here, because we'd also have to pay for this pedestrian connection. And now we're talking about putting the pool there and we'd still have to put in the pedestrian connection, but it seems to be somehow okay to have uh, that bill wind up on the pools tab, but not okay to put it on the arenas tab. And uh, we don't know, uh, we don't know exactly how much such a pedestrian connection would, would cost. And to be honest, I, well, I asked about this, at this meeting, I asked, have you like looked into the cost of this? And is it even possible to build? And um, you know what? I've got about, I've got a clip here that I'm going to play uh, where I like peppered Councillor Hawkins and Tim Reed with some questions about these things. One of the items about putting anything on the yards that keeps coming up is this idea of a pedestrian linkage to downtown. 
in the arena planning committee's uh, document they talked about that and the cost of that in the context of an arena on the yards uh, i haven't seen any mention of the cost the planning the physics of a pedestrian link from downtown over the rail yards or over the rail line into the rail yards what uh, thought or planning is going into that at this point i think that's a fair comment and the answer is that these are very early days we understand there has to be some kind of connecting link and it's going to require serious engineering costing architectural considerations especially given our winters so that is still in the very early stages do we have any kind of costing for that I haven't seen any definitive costing. It won't be cheap, but I haven't seen definitive costing. Will, would that pedestrian linkage be bolted into any kind of facility that's going to go into the yards, or would we uh, have to just trust that it would come later as a separate project? Like, is it part of the catalyst? I think we'll have to see as the, as the plan, the long-range plan unfolds, where it exactly fits. We're aware of this need, critical need. We still have to see where it fits and when it fits. On the ICIP funding, uh, when Council made the decision to uh, access the ICIP funding for the pool, uh, advice from your uh, chief financial officer was that this is not guaranteed. And he even characterized it as being somewhat unlikely that we'd be able to access this for the pool. Has that changed? Or, and if not, what happens if we don't get this funding? Well, I, you, know, no, you, you apply for funding. It's never guaranteed. If we don't get it, we'll have to find other funding vehicles. There is no doubt that the pool is a priority for for the mayor and for council. We're optimistic. We think we can put in an application that will be very attractive in the funding. We know it will be very green, environmentally friendly. We know it will be completely accessible. You heard today that the the funding is looking for a new facility. This will be a new and exciting facility. So I think we're going to put in a terrific application. We're going to have it in on time, and I'm very optimistic about getting the funding. It came up again today that this aquatic facility was the top priority for the community during the Recreation Master Plan. is it? Is there a danger of it getting overshadowed by the arena complex that was discussed yesterday? No danger at all. We've been talking about an aquatic facility. In my 10 years on council, we've been talking about this. We know it's imperative. We know that the aquatic facility is at the end of its life. It doesn't meet national competition standards. We know we have to do something about it. It is a priority. Uh, as as are all of the uh, as are all of the catalyst projects being considered, but the pool discussion has gone on for a long time. We're anxious to get on with it. It looks like a lot of this pool planning was completed uh, much earlier this year, like certainly June or like a lot earlier than June. Is there a concern that by adding the pool into this whole like larger process of multiple projects, we're now having to rush the pool project that we could have maybe brought to council in the spring or the summer and have already had locations and decisions made, but now we're having to rush to get this done before the end of this year? In, in the fall. Yeah, that's a great comment. What I would say is, I, I think the, the application around the ISIP program is following the course that it should have. So I think we are in process with that. And as anybody can appreciate, anytime you're reapplying for a government grant, it's, it's never a fast process. The irony with it is, is as soon as that decision's made, and we're quite optimistic that it will be made in a favorable way, then your timelines become very short. And so I think part of the urgency is just when we made the decision in July to, to reposition the ISIP funding request, um, 
there's a ton of work that's happened by city administration, and and the next bucket really the re-up of those funding buckets happens in March. And so I think part of it's just timing. Uh, I think if we'd made the decision in July, we might have been on a different pace, but I don't know that we would have had the money. What I would say is, considering this project in isolation from any of the other ones that we're talking about today, I think would just be a, a mistake. When you talk about facilities, and all of them will come in with, with really good data of what they do. You heard from an event center yesterday that says, hey, we're going to do 600,000 visits. And today we heard from an aquatic center that says the same. We'll hear from a central library branch. Those are opportunities to activate our city. And I think if we get that right, it's not about one facility activating one site. I think it's actually about all these facilities working together to create a better core of our city. So um, I think this decision in isolation is part of the reason the city said, let's create the Catalyst Committee, because there was five committees, all doing independent thought, and it was hard to pull them together. So, um, yes, I think it'll create some urgency at the end, but I think ultimately, hopefully, it makes a better decision for our city. Not about just one amenity, but about how these amenities work together. These are 30, 40, 50-year projects. You know, the next generation is going to have to embrace if we get this right or wrong, and I think the time is valuable. Just on the pedestrian linkage to downtown... Uh, there was there looked to have been some work done on that by the arena planning strategy committee when they were looking at putting the arena on the yards. Uh, the cost of that linkage was cited as one of the reasons why putting the arena there would be too costly. Um, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. Did you guys yeah. put together any numbers on what a bridge to downtown would cost? Yeah, we did, and I, I think this is actually really important because I think part of the discussion that came through the, the arena planning committee was, hey, what about the yards? And in the original master plan for the yards, there was a concept of an event center. And as you dug into that, nobody really understood what that was. The, the footprint of that was too small to be a possible arena. Uh, it was also too small, in this case, to be an aquatic center. So the committee talked about what is that amenity for our city. When we looked at that site, there was some learnings that we took away, and part of it was the funding application that we have from the feds require a pedestrian bridge at least to be built. We did some ballpark math. Now, sensitivity on that is if it's a pedestrian bridge versus something you could drive a fire truck or an ambulance, the, the cost range moves quite a bit. But it was anywhere at the time from 15 to $35 million. And so that was the big kind of the big number. Now, it adds economic impact, and cr- frankly, it takes the border of the, whale, the railway track away from downtown in the yards and the connectivity stands, but it's a big number. It's, it's a long bridge, and it's expensive, and I have no doubt that as we advance that discussion, it'll, it's only going to go up. But yeah, 15 to $35 million was the, the number that we had in that report. And do you guys know if there's been any engineering done on whether or not it's even possible? Yeah, for sure it's possible. Uh, and we did some prelimin- preliminary work with our designers. Uh, PCL was engaged to do some just ballpark costing local. Um, and, and certainly it was possible to do it. There's lots of conversations that would have to occur with the railway providers. But you know, certainly other cities have done it. I think we could too. It's just a matter of the investment. Benny Jesser talking there. This project's lasting until 27th century. Wow, okay. He's, he's like our Harry Seldon putting together the foundation for Regina. Oh, I love it. Okay, we, we really should have done a foundation parody uh, yeah. for, for Radiothon. Next week we can do one. We'll do it. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I should have like introduced the notion of the ICIP funding, which is the ICIP funding, uh, the Infrastructure Canada Investing in blah, blah, blah plan. I can't remember what it stands for, but it's like it's the infrastructure fund the federal government's put together to fund projects in cities. Uh, our, this, you, we talked about this. this. This was like $128 million that could have gone to transit uh, or to some other green initiative, and they're trying to get it put towards the pool. So certainly not guaranteed. Mm. 
Um, and uh, as for the pedestrian linkage, uh, Tim Reed mentioned later that it's like tens of millions of dollars to build this, but that it is feasible that, uh, you know, the, the, there's, there's engineering apparently that you could pull this off, but you will, we will have to like work with the rail, the railway companies to get this put in. I don't know that enough thought's been put into this because we know we want it to dump somewhere into the warehouse district, but where it comes out on the South side, I don't know that like we've got like a, a casino there, but we've got a parking lot that we certainly can't like intrude upon. We, yeah, exactly. And do we have, do we want to have people like the library is used by a lot of poor people. It's also used, uh, sorry, the, the pool is used by a lot of, you know, parents who are taking their kids to stuff. And if we want to have them like crossing that bridge, like do they have to cross Saskatchewan drive first and then cross over to the, uh, to the pool i don't know it's all it's all i don't know who who knows we, we shall we shall see what what happened or does not happen yeah. uh, but I, I would like you to consider the the imagine imagine going for a swim but being able to play pickleball and take out a book all at the same time these are good ideas you can aqua pickleball size and get get uh and bone up on your classic literature smart while 3G printing a towel. You know, I think what you're suggesting is that we should put all these catalyst projects in one place. Mm-hmm. And I think we should just stack them up. Yeah. Yes. Like like eggs in a basket. Yep. Yep. Or, just one or right costs on, that, we, that we sink. Like cordwood. Just stack them like cordwood. <laughs> and set them on fire. Like the money we're going to be setting on fire for this <laughs> catalyst project. Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I like, I... It it certainly like one of the things that everybody is saying who's going that I'm talking to who comes to these things is there's this prevailing feeling that all the decisions have made and uh, are made mm. sorry that all the decisions yeah. are made the um the 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 survey didn't help in that the survey literally just follows along with each of the recommendations that's always that have already come out. And then to top it all off, they talk about how, if you can't make it out to the sessions, you can go to the website, beheardregina.ca slash catalyst, and you can ask questions there, but people are asking questions there. And some of them are very good. And the answer they're getting back is that's a great question. You should make time to come out to a public meeting so you can ask it. Yeah. And I think I think the most telling part of the survey was the bit where it said, "Hey, what's on Netflix right now? And wouldn't you rather be watching Netflix? Andrew Dominic's Opus Blonde is now streaming on Netflix." And I thought, "Wait a minute! I think they're trying to distract us." I think they might be, yeah. Or the person who's making the uh, the survey was watching Netflix while he was doing it. Could be, but at one yeah. point it said, "Hey, what's that smell? Do you smell smoke? I smell smoke." And I did. And like, and the outside of my building was on fire. And they said, you better stop taking this survey and get to a muster point, Aiden. And I'm like, okay, this is a highly personalized survey. That's uncanny. Yeah. And I was like, kudos for like doing all that work, but it felt a little nefarious. Yeah. Well, um, I'm impressed. Uh, and, you know, hats off to the people who put it together. Incidentally, this consultation <laughs> is not, not the being- ones who set my building on fire. Anyway. Yeah, no, not them. Uh, this consultation isn't being run by the city. I don't know if we've pointed this out in the past. Uh, but yeah, the Catalyst Committee is doing this consultation. It is unlike, uh, you can tell, 
it is unlike any consultation I've been to uh, in Regina in mm. the past. The uh, the survey is frankly not very well def- designed. The website is perfunctory at best. And uh, these meetings are, they were supposed to be wide open. They were supposed to be, you know, a chance for people to like share ideas and get together and talk, but they really are just presentations of the arena planning committee's suggestions for how things should go. And then a few questions at the end. So, yeah, well, not too surprised. Anyways, uh, according to the big clock on the wall, uh, the time locks are going to be opening up soon and we will be able to like get to the snack machines. Oh, nice! I've been I've been waiting for that. I've got, I have my eye on a sandwich for six months now. So really, I think tonight that sandwich will be mine. Nice. Uh, if right. you can get me a bag of nuts, I would appreciate it. I will get you that bag of nuts if the squirrels have not beat me. One bag it's of my nuts. lot in life. My my lot in life is to like miss out on the nuts because of all the squirrels. Right. Yes, that's that's where at. You're we're competing with squirrels for yeah. basic resources. Uh yeah. Anyway, so should we? Uh, I move, should I move to adjourn? What do you think? think that's I'll okay. second that motion. All right. Motion is passed and the meeting is closed. You've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. We are broadcast Thursdays, 7 to 8 p.m. And again, rebroadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, coming up next, we have two hours of the Nerdcore Cabaret as they do their uh, annual Radiothon live-action tabletop play. Usually it's D&D, but this, this time around they're doing um, Cyberpunk. The, uh, cool. So that that should be fun. After that, there's maybe something more, probably music all on through the night. Uh, also, thanks so much to uh, Dr. Vanessa Matthews for uh, coming on and talking to us about urban design uh, and craft beer. Except not enough about craft beer. Yeah, anyway, that's it. Keep on improving your track.